Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Man, it's, it's great to be here and happy birthday for last week. Guys, five years. Isn't that incredible? I heard you guys had an awesome celebration with a big blue cake and all these different things. Honoring your leaders and in, in, uh, over the five years would have been a beautiful thing. And so if you didn't know, which you might know, I'm married to Michaela. We said it before. And she's here and she's pregnant. 16 weeks pregnant today. So I don't know what... what your year is looking like in 2020, but ours is going to look a whole lot different <laughs> about halfway through the year than what I originally planned, but it looks good. So we're expecting our first, our first child in August, which is very exciting. And um, do any husbands here, there's a few husbands here, does anyone remember the moment that your wife told you that she was pregnant for the first time? Is anyone, is that, is it, it's, a, it's a distinct memory. Yeah, it was for me. <laughs> was anyone expecting it? I wasn't. <laughs> But I'll tell you how I reacted. Wasn't how Michaela dreamed of it either, probably. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. I'll just tell you. So Michaela was at home, and obviously she did a pregnancy test. It's what you do to find out that you're pregnant. I was out shopping, doing some grocery shopping on my way home from work, because obviously I'm the best husband ever, apparently. Wow. Come on. I'm joking. Uh, which M- Michaela describes as the longest 40 minutes of her life, which I'm like, was I shopping for 40 minutes? That's a really long time. Um, so she was waiting for me to get home. I come in home. I- I- I've got two big bags of shopping. I come in. I put them straight on the counter. She's standing behind me and she goes, Tom. And so I, <laughs> before I turn around, I'm just like, <sighs> what did you buy? <laughs> because, because that... She only uses this voice when she's done something that I'm going to get annoyed at when it comes. I'm like, come on. But I turn around, she's holding this pregnancy thing, stick. That's how mad I am. The thing that says pregnancy. It says pregnant two to three weeks. And I, I asked her, I was like, are you joking? <laughs> because I feel like she may have done a joke on me before about that. that she didn't know how to end and she went too far. Anyway, your first year of marriage is always fun, but... Uh, so it wasn't a joke. Uh, she assured me that it was not a joke. And then I just straight out started uncontrollably laughing for about a whole minute straight. <laughs> She's like, is he having like a mental breakdown? Am I going to have to call a pastor? Is someone need to come? Uh, I eventually calmed down. But it was in that moment that I just had a reminder from God that I am not in control of my life. I just don't have control over my life. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was a divine thing. It was actually a holy peace and a freedom that came over me in that moment to let go. Because normally something like that, I feel, would take me off my feet, would just cause stress and instant sinking feelings about how am I going to raise a kid? How am I going to pay for this kid? Like, I'm a, cha- I'm a chaplain and I work at church. I don't know if you heard that, but <laughs> I'm like, yeah, come on, Eden, yeah. Um, but it wasn't a bad thing. It was a beautiful thing and we we're excited about this baby. But the reason like I felt this, this moment is this, I'm a control freak. Is anyone a control freak? I feel like it's something we chuck out. It's a little offensive maybe. I don't know. <laughs> of course I want a freak. Um, but maybe you like to call yourself detail-oriented, <laughs> visionary, something like that. I like to have a vision for how things should go in my, and it has to go that way. No. Um, so I like things how I like things. I like things how I like things. I plan long term, which I know my way is the right way, which Michaela tells me all the time it's not. <laughs> it's not the right way, but, you know, I like to think that it is. And obviously the Holy Spirit reminds me of that as well. Like, I'm not just, yeah, a bit of humility. Come on, Tom. And so uh, I had a pretty firm plan for my life that I would meet a girl 
get financially stable, have heaps of savings, buy a house, buy a dog, and then have a baby. And that's not what's happened. <laughs> we got married. Three weeks later, we got a dog. <laughs> and then uh, before, we're two years in July. We're married two years in July, and we're having a baby. Before, uh, Yeah, we'll be two years, and we'll have a, a baby, which is crazy. It's not the plan that I had. It's not the path that God's led. It's the path that God has led me on, but it's not the plan that I had put out for myself in my life. And I feel like it's been a tension point in my life, that, that tension of control versus me and God and how my life is going to go and how my life is going to plan out. And so... I'm a control freak. And it's because our culture is so geared to control. Our culture in, in Australia, our culture in, in Western society is geared towards our control. It's I have the right to control. It's our culture just calls it freedom a lot of the time. Whoa, bang. We, we, we as people pursue control from an absence of peace. We pursue control from an absence of fulfillment and an absence of something deep in us that we're trying to provide for ourselves. And so we seek after what we think would give us more freedom. We seek after what we think would give us more control of our lives and more peace and more fulfillment and more satisfaction. And so we choose this, we, we, we control, we control, we control, and we think that we have that right. Whether it's a diet that would help us take control of, like, to become our better self, whether it's an app to make us feel more organized or it's the freedom to choose our identity and who we are and how the world should look around us. We want to know and control as much as we can in our lives and reject anything that says that we can't. Feeling like we're in control gives us a temporary feeling of more security. If you feel like you're in control of your life, you're going to feel like, I can do this. But when you feel like you're not in control and you have those moments where your wife's pregnant and you're like, uh, <laughs> how is this going to work? It makes us feel temporarily secure. But there's things that we can't know and there's things that we can't control. And we all know that. We just ignore it, but we, we know it, that life throws us some curveballs. Life throws us curveballs. Maybe you've had some financial curveballs. Maybe you've had some, some things come up in your health you weren't expecting. Maybe some things in your finances that you weren't expecting. Maybe some things in your family or your kids. Maybe you feel like the rug's been pulled up from underneath you from different things. Maybe it's something that someone's done to you or said about you that's made you feel so insecure and not in control of what's going on around you. Maybe it's a change in your career or something that God's led you to or a place in life that God's led you to that wasn't in your plan. My first point of this and my revelation of this is that we're not in control. We're not in control. Isn't that fun to say? Well, I'm not in control of my life. And even if we hate to admit it, we're in control of some things of our life. We still control our behaviors and our self-control and things like that. But the overall grand scheme, the blueprints of life, your future, we don't know. We're not in control of every single little thing of our life. And in Ecclesiastes, I was reading the book of Ecclesiastes, we see a king who is in desperate pursuit for more control of life, desperately chasing meaning, desperately chasing peace, desperately chasing fulfillment and freedom. And what is the best way of living? And Ecclesiastes is a book of this king's memoirs, of him experimenting with life, changing and trying every single different way of living, where he was chasing and pursuing wisdom and knowledge, or the complete opposite, where he was just party, 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 trying to find what's the best way to make me feel good and make me feel like like I've got control of my life. But his main conclusion is that no matter what he tries, all paths lead to death. <laughs> for good people, for bad people, for animals, for everything, he says it's all meaningless. If you read verse 2 of chapter 1, it says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, everything is meaningless. 
So it's not the scripture that you would have on your desk at work. It's not the scripture that you would have pinned up that you wake up and you're like something, it's not a Romans or an Ephesians. It's not like a Philippians, like you can do it. It's like nothing's worth doing. That's, (laughs) it's, all right, geez, Louise. But something stuck me, uh, struck me in this in how it seems to resound and reflect our current control focused culture. And in a pursuit of meaning and knowledge, the king says in Ecclesiastes 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, He says, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Which is pretty deep. It's light reading. (laughs) Maybe doesn't get you geared up and ready for the day to go to work, but... This line is used multiple times. He says, life is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And the king repeats it and repeats it throughout the book. Constantly, he sums up something that he's done. And at the end of it, he says, it was meaningless. It's chasing after the wind. And the thing is, when we're doing some study into this and about what this actually means, because it it's so different to every other book of the Bible. And it's a part of what we call the wisdom literature in the Bible. So it can't just be this random thing that's just set to trip us up and make us feel discouraged. Or maybe it is. I don't know. It's not. But what's interesting is that sometimes in the Bible, when we go to the Old Testament and we're reading the Hebrew, sometimes the words that are translated into English aren't exactly what they were meant to be when they were said and when they were written. And that's due to things that have happened throughout history and our culture, where the actual meaning of English words have changed over time. And the way that different publishers have, have changed the, the word to fit the culture that they were publishing for. And so the word, if you go back to the Hebrew, the word meaningless actually is hevel. Hevel. Maybe you've heard that before, maybe you haven't. The word is hevel, and it means vapor or smoke. It means vapor or smoke. It doesn't mean it has no meaning. It says it means vapor or smoke. And if you read it in the message version, Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message version, he uses the word smoke. He feels it's the most accurate depiction of what the king is trying to say. And when you put that back into the repeated line, we see that despite the king's every effort to get some sort of hold and grasp on his life, he says life is like smoke, a chasing after the wind. Life is like smoke. We can see life. We live life. We can smell life and take it in around us. We can experience life, but we cannot grasp it. We cannot take a hold of it and wrench it to our expectations of what we think it should be. The more we chase after the things of life, trying to get control over it and wrench it to what we think it should be, the more it's like a chasing after the wind. We breathe it in, we smell it, we experience it. We actually have a, a genuine encounter with it, but we can't take a hold of it and control it. It doesn't bend to our will. If your hope and peace and sense of control over your life is found in money, you will never have enough. You will never grasp it. The more you chase it, the more it'll get away from you, the more it'll be a chasing after the wind. If your peace and sense of control comes from a relationship or relationships in your world, people will never fulfill you the way that we have such a deep desire for as human beings. We'll always seem to want more. It's just like me finding out Michaela is pregnant. We need to allow space for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to unplug the spiritual wax in our ears sometimes and hear His voice to let him into our world, to have control, to remind us that we are not really in control. We cannot grasp and bend life and get upset when life doesn't necessarily go exactly how we want it to go. As much as we convince ourselves that we're in control, we are not in control. And that doesn't absolve us from responsibility. That doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't take away consequences of actions. 
That doesn't absolve you from that. We still make decisions, intentional faith decisions every day. We live on purpose. We still make key choices today that will shape our next decade. We can control our behaviors. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. That's something that God has designed for you to have when you're connected with Him. And we can control our bank accounts, our diet, our schedule, all of those things. We know what we can control, but we can't control other people. We can't control what a banker will do on Wall Street that will completely change something financially across the world. We can't change who the US president's going to be or whatever, no matter what kind of opinions you have. You can't, that's not something we can control. We can't control the things that are outside of our power, but we can trust that God has all control. He has all control. Is that good? God has all control. Well, we don't have control. God has all control. He has all control. He has all power. He has all peace. He has a greater freedom than anything that we could try and grasp and pursue in a, in a human reality. He is so much greater. He is better than anything found in wealth, health, or relationships. He has all control. He has the blueprints to your future. He has destined something and woven something in you for your future. Whereas we trust in Him, as Jesus as the good shepherd, as we listen and follow Him, He will lead us to pasture, is what Pastor Eden was saying. God has all control. And if you read His Word and spend time in His presence and genuinely seek after God this decade, we know that He is good. We know that He is good. We know that He is miraculous and powerful. We know that He is faithful. We know that He is greater than any problem that we could ever face. We know that He is bigger than any situation that would want to swallow us up. We know that His love is for us despite our brokenness, despite our sin, despite all the stuff that we would do wrong. His love is for us. We know He will not change. We know He will not turn on us. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. But He is here with us alongside you leading the way. We know that while He is so big and so omniscient, all-knowing, that He is also so personal, so intimate, so alongside you where He wants to actually have an individual and unique relationship with you. We know that there is nothing in life that God hasn't given us, that God has given us that we can't handle. That's in the Bible. There's nothing that God has given you that you will face that you can't handle. And if we can trust in Ecclesiastes 3 that there is a time for everything, a season for everything under, and for every activity under heaven, even if we feel like it's not our timing, I feel like most of the time God's just messing with me, <laughs> to be honest. And that's, you know, that's a revelation, I guess. But most of the time God's timing isn't ours. And when it is, yippee, like, <laughs> give him praise. But we can trust that he is Lord that He has the plans, that He knows where we are, that He loves us, and that we can trust in Him. And in, a fee, uh, in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 in the NIV, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. And you might feel like you've lost control over some part of your life or like there's some part of your life that you're struggling with to gain control over. And I've had this picture, I've had it for myself before and I've had it again when I was preparing this message. It's like you're in a boat with a hole in it <laughs> and it's a small hole or a crack in the hole and you're sailing by and everything's fine <laughs> to everyone else. But inside you're feeling the dread of slowly sinking and you're paling out the water, but it's just coming in. Trust Him. Trust God. Don't take up control in that space. 
we can surrender that to him. Take up faith. Declare for yourself today, I'm going to be okay because I trust God. There's nothing he's given me that I can't handle. There's nothing that he's given me that's out of his control. He will never wish anything bad for me or want anything bad for me, but he's leading me to pastor. He is my good shepherd. He leads me in his ways. I'm going to be okay. He knows what I need. He's not going to let me drown. My faith is in him. And it's as we surrender, it's almost like there's a plugging of that hole. The water is still there. We still have work to do sometimes, but he's got you. God has got you. He loves you. He knows you. He's not going to let you drown. And I guarantee you as you, let, as you let go and surrender that to him, that as you completely trust him with your life, as you completely trust him with, your fin- with all of the things in our world that would uh, be up to us, there will be a holy peace that comes over you and your family. There will be a freedom and a liberation. I feel like there's going to be weights that fall off you in the name of Jesus, that there will be weights that fall off you from things that you've been carrying too long, like a backpack. We want peace. We want freedom. We want to feel fulfilled, human beings. And we just sum it up in this desire for control. Our ability to be fueled with his peace is determined by our ability to be connected to him. Our ability to experience true freedom life to the full, real love, real grace, real relationship is capped at our level to trust and follow Jesus. And there's infinite things that we don't have control over in life. I think we've said that. (laughs) You don't have control. There's infinite things that we don't have control over in life. But one thing we do have control of is where am I putting my trust today? Where am I putting my trust today? Not just on a Sunday when we come here and we like worship God, but tomorrow, all right, where am I putting my trust today? Tomorrow, where am I putting my trust today? When the invoice comes in, (laughs) where am I putting my trust today? We can make a daily decision, a declaration of faith each day that God, despite all things, I trust in you. I give you control. I want you alone, mighty God. We can, and we can have a, maybe we can have a scripture that we read or that we pray. And I have a slide just with a few on there just to help out. Maybe we have a scripture that we just recite each morning. Maybe it's something that we keep um, on our lips, something that we keep near our bed. Maybe we keep it on our desk in our office. When things are going bad, I'll read them out as well for you. Maybe we can have that scripture. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen in the Passion Version says, We all experience times of testing, which was normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. In Romans 8.28 in the, in the New Living Translation, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes for them. And in Psalm 62 and 8 in the Passion Version, it says, Join me, everyone. It's the Passion Version. (laughs) Come on, everyone. Trust in God every moment. Tell Him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to Him. Believe me when I tell you, He will help you. And we can start today. We can start today. And I'd love if you could just close your eyes. Just to have a, a, a private kind of space with God right now. Think of something maybe right now that you actually need to release to him today. 
What's something that you need to let go of control today? What's something that you need to surrender to him today? What's something you're struggling with that you feel like you're sinking in that boat, but you know, Lord, I'm going to give you control of that today. I'm going to let you be Lord. I'm going to trust in you, Jesus, today. Maybe if you feel comfortable to lift your hands and surrender that. That's up to you. But Lord, we give you control today. God, we surrender it to you today. Lord, we trust you with our lives. Lord, we trust you with our parenting. God, we trust you with our marriage. Lord, we trust you with our work and our career. Lord, we trust you with our finances and our health. Lord, we trust you with everything. Mighty God, would you come and speak to us in our stressful places? Would you let us hear you, Holy Spirit? Would you help us to follow you, Jesus? We thank you that you will always lead us to green pasture. We thank you that you want nothing wrong for us. But you always want the best for us. You always want us connected to you in relationship with you. You always want us filled with your love and your peace. And so, Lord, right now, we ask that as we surrender to you, that you would just fill us right now with your holy peace. That you would fill us right now with a lifting off of the burden, a lifting off of the weight, a lifting off, a taking off of the backpack that's been weighing down. Lord God, we declare a lightness. Lord, as we yoke ourselves to you, Jesus, we declare there will be an ease and a lightness. Holy Spirit, we surrender to you. God, we declare you are in control. We declare you've got us. We declare you know us. You are our good shepherd, our Father in heaven. We thank you, mighty God. We pray that clarity would come to our hearts and to our minds today. We pray, Holy Spirit, we'd have a greater closeness with you. We pray that we would walk with you, in step with you, Holy Spirit, that we would be so connected to you. Lord, even right now, we ask that a hunger would rise in us, a desire for us to be with you would rise in us today. Lord, we want to know you more. Would you open the eyes of our heart that we would know you more, that we would be so connected to you and in love with you today. Help us take up this position of faith and this posture of surrender to you, mighty God. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.